everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. My practical yet spiritual approach to getting emotionally naked and attracting what I call a guardian of your soul will be music to your ears. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. I'm Lisa Shield. And I'm Benjamin Shield. And it is such a pleasure to be here with you. Today, we wanted to talk about becoming more accessible. Benjamin and I were talking about this this morning, and we both really could have gone on and on, (laughs) except that we needed to do this recording. So here we are. But this is really an important topic. It came up during one of our Q&A calls during my program or our program END, which is Emotionally Naked Dating. This is the 12-week introductory course Benjamin and I give that uh, shows women a roadmap for finding a guardian of their soul. They tend to find not just any guy, but relationships like ours. And what they say is that most of them can't talk to their girlfriends or their mothers or their sisters about what they're learning in our course because it's so untraditional. It really does fly in the face of so much of what other coaches and coaching programs are saying. So we feel that today's topic is right in line with that. (laughs) One of the things I tend to find incredibly frustrating is when I hear most other dating coaches say things like, lean back and let a guy chase you. And if a man is into you, he's going to pursue you. Well, all of those things may be true, but a lot of that advice is given because so many women today are so masculine. We've become so assertive through work and through having to be single mothers and because we're taking control and taking charge of so many aspects of life that we didn't have to in our grandmothers and our mother's days that we have become almost like men. And so a lot of advice is trying to tell women to sit back and give a man space to be able to take the initiative and to pursue so that the men don't feel pushed out and like there's no room for them. I think that a lot of women are taking this advice wrong or wrongly. (laughs) They're not really understanding what's being said. And they have this attitude that they're just supposed to do nothing. They're, they're, they're the prize and the guy is just going to chase them. And if a man is into them, all they have to do is go on a date and look pretty and get all dressed up. And then the guy is going to do all the rest of the work. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between giving a man space and allowing a man to open up and perhaps in a way that he's never opened up on any other date, which would Mm -hmm. make that date and make you so extraordinary. But there's a fine line between giving space and being disconnected. Mm -hmm. You know, one is just like a professional listener and it's not conversational at all. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, a date isn't about how can I get a man to pick me? A date is really two people that are ultimately, in the best of all possibilities, each looking for the guardian of their soul. And so 
it needs to be conversational because it's not just about, gosh, I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. I'm going to just give him all this room to speak and I'm going to lean back and I'm not going to even give any kind of feedback. Well, a man may keep talking because he's trying to make connection, you know, and there are men that are just, you know, narcissistic and they go out on dates, it's usually just single dates to impress a woman and then go on to the next. And it's just feeding their egos. But most men, most good men, particularly if they've been filtered out as much as possible through the apps and websites, are looking for partnership, whatever form that looks like. A man needs to know also what a woman is like. It may be fun for him to be talking about his job for 45 minutes, be talking about his ex-wife for 15 minutes, and everything is about him. And he may feel good about doing it because... You know, he feels he's impressing the woman or making a point or making himself look good. And she's sitting there listening. Yeah. And at the end of the date, when, you know, they both get back to their homes, it's empty. Well, and the thing is, the woman is sitting there, again, talking about accessibility. She's not offering herself. She, you know, a lot of women come back. We hear this all the time. Oh, I sat there and all he did was talk about himself and he didn't ask me anything about myself. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, men don't typically ask questions. It's not in mm. their nature to do that. Right. I, I've been criticized many times after dates that I didn't ask as many questions, you know, like she felt I wasn't interested. The truth is a lot of men kind of wait for puzzle pieces to come together. They listen and they say, okay, you know, she has a sister. Uh, she's on good terms with her mom, but not mm -hmm. dad. She likes her job. All of these things come into form just by listening. So a woman may misunderstand if a man doesn't ask a lot of questions and really wants to listen. And it's up to the woman if she wants to really make the conversation more emotionally naked to come forward and say, you know, what really lights me up or, you know, one of my passions It's something that that brings it to that next level beyond the, the surface. I often picture a date, like I wish there was a, like a dating credit card and a credit card machine where you could just swipe or, or put in the chip. And all these questions about where'd you go to school? You know, do you have brothers and sisters? Where would you like to live? You know, all of these things. Do you just swipe in all that information, get to the real stuff? Right. And so when it comes to accessibility, and let's go back to this idea of men asking questions. Today, common dating advice says the man is going to do everything. And if he's interested, he's going to ask me questions because he really wants to get to know me. It doesn't automatically mean that a man doesn't want to get to know you mm -hmm. if he's not asking mm -hmm. questions. And a lot of women don't understand this and they're taught not to assert themselves and to sit back and let a man do all the work. So when it comes to conversation, which is the first part that we're talking about now, and being accessible in conversation, it is so important that a woman offer and, you know, say, may I pause you for a moment? And there's something I would love to share. I had a similar experience or, oh, you know, you went to China last year. Wow. You know, I've always wanted to go to China. My sister went to China. You know, she said it was amazing, but not sit and wait for the man to ask you, would you like to go to China? And have you ever thought about going? And what do you think about that? 
We often say to our clients, when you're talking to a girlfriend and you're having a conversation with your your girlfriend, you're not sitting there waiting for your girlfriend to ask you questions. She, you know, you're not just sitting there silently waiting for her to say, "Well, what do you think about that?" and you know, "What do you think I should do?" and whatever. You just offer your advice. You jump in. You're like, "Hey, wait a minute. I don't know about that." Or that was really great what you said, but you don't sit there and wait for her to say. What do you think about what I said? You jump in with an opinion or a thought, and this is what's called being relational. You're not sitting there waiting for somebody to prompt you and give you cues so that you know the next thing to say or where the conversation should go. A real conversation is like what we're having right now. Yeah. And what lights a man up the most Mm -hmm. is female responsiveness. So right. if a woman is just kind of dispassionately listening, you know, maybe even if she's trying to find an entry, can't. So she's just almost given up and she's just become a professional listener. But what a man loves most, what lights a man up is feminine responsiveness. You know, it could be like, wow, you did that? I have so much respect for you. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't wait to tell you something that I did along those lines. And it becomes fun. It becomes alive. And when two people go back to their respective homes, they're enriched. Even if there's not a second date, they feel heard, they feel seen, they feel appreciated. Yeah. And if a man is going, so here's the thing. So few people really stop and study and understand what does a man want from a woman and what does a woman want and need from a man? We hear all of these ideas. A man wants respect and a woman wants to feel cherished and adored. Okay, so what does that look like on a date? How do I convey those things? How am I going to feel those things from a man? So what happens is more often than not, two people go on a date and they're throwing mud at the wall. Mm -hmm. They're talking, they're sharing, their words are flying back and forth, or maybe one person, like, I'll I'll plead guilty here. I used to be the one who talked incessantly about herself. I would go on and on and on and on. And I'm sure many men walked away from dates and thought, oh my God, she was so full of herself. And I know that I did that Because number one, I was trying to be fascinating and entertaining and show a man who I was and fill the airwaves, keep the conversation going. There was no bad intent on my part. It wasn't like, oh my God, I'm a full-blown narcissist and I just want to talk about myself all night. It had nothing to do with any of that. I was desperately trying to make a connection. I was. I really was. And, you know, I may have been just as guilty as those men who weren't asking questions about the women that we hear the women complain about all the time. I think I was just as guilty as they were, but it had nothing to do with a desire to talk about myself all night. It had to do with the 
fact that I didn't know what I was doing. I was flying blind and I wanted to connect with that guy. I wanted to impress him. I mean, I had only good intentions. I just wasn't educated and experienced in how to really mirror a man's masculinity back to him Mm -hmm. and make him feel special in my company. I think I was afraid when I was getting to know men to touch their arm or to have any physical contact or to make it too intimate, you know, because I didn't want the guy to think that I was easy or there were so many reasons why that happened. But if a man had just paused me, and I know you even did this in the beginning of our relationship, there were times where I'd go on and on and you would put your hand on my arm and you would go, and I would, I would go, oh, Right. Or when we're driving in the car. Yeah. Yeah. And it was okay because you let me know that I was either talking three octaves too high, you know, my energy was way up here and you couldn't even hear me because I was so, you know, and so you very gently helped bring me back down and ground me. And I didn't mind that at all. You did it with such love and such kindness, but I didn't realize how inaccessible I was being because there was no connection. Yeah. And you can imagine that if a man is going on and on and a woman is leaning back, that both, waiting for him to ask her questions, right, both parties are inaccessible. Yeah. And the man is completely inaccessible because he's covering up any vulnerability mm-hmm. with just discourse. So nothing happens. And if one party, let's say the woman, just leans forward. He said, may I interrupt you for a moment or may I pause you for a moment? What I'd really love to know is if you're on a spiritual path. That didn't go over so well when I asked it. <laughs> in, in a way it did. Yes, it did. But you know, just coming forward with, let's take this to another level because nothing is happening at this level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or what are you looking for? Or let's, you know, just saying, may I pause you for a moment? That's actually what is called in NLP, a pattern interrupt, Mm. right? It's a pattern interrupt. And one of the things that we don't realize is when we're running a tape or when something is just going on and on, a person may be in a pattern or in a, a cycle, something that they, a behavior that they don't even know that they're doing. Maybe somebody's getting super negative and they don't even realize that suddenly they're veering off into negativity. You know, so a pattern interrupt. May I pause you for a moment? Wasn't it a beautiful day today? I couldn't believe, you know, the weather's been so up and down, but boy, these this last week has been absolutely gorgeous. Have you taken advantage of this beautiful weather? Have you gotten outside? You know, I know I've taken my dog on some walks. Whatever you do to break that pattern, I think what often happens is that we start to run our own inner monologue, which makes us completely inaccessible because we're sitting on a date and we're sitting there thinking, oh my God, how much longer is he going to go on about this? I'm so not interested in whatever, you know, whatever that movie he saw or whatever's going on happened with his ex-wife last week. I really don't want to be sitting here listening to this. 
and we're starting to spiral in our own heads and we get upset, our temper gets short, we're not enjoying ourselves, we check out and start thinking about, you know, some project at work, we're not even present on the date instead of just leaning over and saying, gosh, it sounds like things aren't good with your ex-wife. I'm so sorry to hear that. I'd love to hear about whatever and switch the subject somehow. But we run that monologue. And then there's the instance where a woman will say, you know, I love hearing about you. I'd also love to Mm -hmm. share something about myself. Or would you ask me questions? This is the mistake women always make. I would love for you to ask me some questions about me. And the guy is going. (laughs) If a woman were to rephrase that and say, I'm so enjoying learning about you. And I would love to share some of myself so you know me better. Is there anything that is in your mind that, that you'd like to know? And maybe even give, you know, sometimes when you ask such an open-ended question, mm-hmm. it's still nebulous mm-hmm. for someone. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know, you know, a bit about, I have a wonderful dog. I'd uh, love to share with you uh, about my dog mm-hmm. or you know, it was Mother's Day last weekend. I I know I had a fabulous time with my mother and my sister. We went to my mother's country club and it's always, you know, so lovely to see how all the, when she walks in the door, everybody adores her. She's been going there for years since my father passed away. She still goes and it was, it's amazing. I have so much respect for my mother, you know, all the friendships that she has, anything anything but to give a few examples i that's how i spent my mother's day how did Mm -hmm. you spend Mm -hmm. yours but creating more reciprocity instead of sitting there blaming the guy and being upset because he's talking about himself and he's not asking you anything about yourself Mm -hmm. yeah and there may be those instances where a guy is leaning back and isn't sharing anything about himself you know, that could be out of shyness. You know, I've known guys that, that feel that there's such a prize that the women have to win him over. And those are the difficult ones. Those people still can be reached because both are defensiveness, both the shyness and the thinking that I'm so great that you don't have some of this, woman's going to have to work for it. Mm-hmm. You know? But underneath that is a vulnerability, is a wanting to share, is a wanting for connection. They just don't know how to get it. Yeah. Well, dating is so awkward to start with. And there's so much going on, especially if you like the person or if Mm. you're attracted or if you've had a number of bad dates and you're going in carrying all of that disappointment. I mean, there's a million different things that are going on. When I was dating, I felt that the first date, particularly if you hadn't met the person before, is to prove that you weren't an axe murderer. (laughs) (laughs) That you weren't a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Some guys will just talk about everything about their career, their car, their dog, all of this just to prove that I'm a good guy. I'm, you know, a safe guy, establishing trust and safety. And so sometimes a guy will go on and on and on. So if that happens, all a man needs to hear is like, wow, you're really something. You are a good guy. Mm -hmm. I have so much respect for you. Chances are they won't go into the diatribe, the monologue any Mm -hmm. further because they've already proven to themselves that the woman feels that they're safe. 
Yeah, and I want to even just take accessibility a, a little bit outside of the of a date itself. And I want to talk about accessibility just in general, again, going back to this idea that women are supposed to lean back and let a guy chase them and do all the work. When I think about what it must be like for a man to date and to actually pursue a woman, it breaks my heart. You know, I'm not siding with men. I'm actually putting myself in a man's shoes and thinking about what it must be like for a man to pursue a woman and to date, how much responsibility women put on the guy to prove himself at every single step of the way. I mean, we expect you to reach out to us to make the initial contact. We expect you to text us out of the blue. Oh, morning texts and good night texts and initiate and all. Then we expect you to call us, get on a Zoom date today, plan the dates. Then it's up to you to know when to initiate intimacy, physical contact. And then we expect you to initiate a commitment conversation, what, you know, move it into commitment and all. And all of that responsibility is like the woman leaning back and expecting a man, if he's going to pursue me, then this is what I'm looking for. And so they're gauging a man by all of these hoops that a guy has to jump through. I mean, if I were a guy, I don't even know where I would start. And there's the fear. You know, some men may become less accessible the closer and the more intimate the dates are because the big words forever get in his thought bubble. And if I pursue this any further, am I making a commitment to forever? Is there a turning back? And all that. So sometimes men become less accessible without necessarily being avoidant mm-hmm. or bad guys. But suddenly they realize, whoa, you know, I really have been enjoying this woman's company a lot, but am I ready to say forever with this person? I I don't know. So it's a very delicate balance. Even the timing of dates, if a man is to ask a woman out, not to appear over anxious, not to begin to project with this woman, you know, what she's like and what the future could be like with her. Yeah. All of those things. And see, for me, what I realized was because in the past I had been so reactive and so pursuant in some ways, you know, I'd get so anxious or so avoidant or whatever. I mean, I really very strongly had both of those tendencies. And I started to realize, and I think this is something so important for every single woman to know, I started to take on the responsibility for myself that every single interaction was me showing a man the kind of woman that I am. If a date got changed or a man forgot to call when he said he'd call or something, you know, went wrong. On our our first date, you know, and I, I, who am always punctual. Impeccable. (laughs) <laughs> and, and that doesn't mean like almost always punctual, just always, always early. early. And so I got lost. This was before Siri mm-hmm. and MapQuest and, and those things. And it was about 20 minutes after the date and I couldn't get cell reception. Back then it wasn't as good as it is now. And I didn't even have my phone with me, I don't mm-hmm. think. Right. So I finally got through to the restaurant and I said, has there been a woman sitting there by herself? And they said, yes. 
may I speak with her? <laughs> and you came to the phone and I profusely apologized. I said, I, I know where it is now. You know, I'm, I'm heading straight over there. And what did you say? Well, first I said, are you okay? Yeah. And then I said, don't worry. I'm just sitting here enjoying myself yeah. and I'll be here when you get here. Take your time. And that was the beginning of our 20 year. That <laughs> 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 was like, oh my Lord, if this is what it's going to be like for the next 50 years, you know, I'm in because that's what a man would love to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, you know, I can't believe you, you kept me waiting. You know, we haven't met yet. It's irresponsible. Or, or even just where are you and yeah. how long will it take you to get here? Yeah. Yeah. And I knew, I knew, honey, in that moment that how I handled moments like that said everything. Everything about how I handle upsets or disappointments or mishaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't say that I'm 100% all the time. You've also seen my dark side. (laughs) Not directed at you ever, ever, ever. Never directed at you. But you have seen me get upset Mm -hmm. before but never, ever directed toward you. And I knew that women can, I will speak for myself. I just knew I could be punishing and mean and, you know, and that's completely inaccessible. When that happens, a woman is completely inaccessible when she's mothering and teaching and lecturing and Mm -hmm. punishing and talking down to a man. There's no conversation. And even if a man did do something wrong or something did happen or he dropped the ball or whatever, there's no room for two people to be human with each other. So I felt that even if it had happened again, even if it had been a continual thing and I had decided, okay, this man may not respect my time and this doesn't feel good and I don't want to continue in a relationship or continue exploring something with him. You know, I may have come to you and just said, you know, punctuality is important to me. And, you know, what happens is when somebody isn't punctual, I feel like that person isn't respecting my time. And so I don't feel good about continuing, but I would have spoken from my perspective. I wouldn't have punished you. Right. And that conversation would probably have been on the third date if it was a repeated pattern and not Mm -hmm. something aberrant. No, and it would have been done with kindness and with thoughtfulness, you know, for your feelings and not wanting to make you wrong or just to say, it just doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I know everybody has a different idea of time and timing and all. I mean, the truth is, I'm the one who's always late. (laughs) Not not so much. Never for you. I'm late sometimes for other people and other things. You know, I cut everything to the last second, but never for you because I love you and I know how important that is for you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I make it a priority. But I also feel that part of being accessible is being kind and thoughtful in the way that we say things to each other so that if something does happen, you know, very often when we're on calls together and I'm in the zone, I may say something or I might inadvertently do something that may touch a nerve with you or something, but we can get right off a call and you can say, hey, this happened. Oh, it's over. And it's over. We talk about it and that space, I'm accessible. 
you know, and so are you. We, we are very emotionally accessible to one another, but being harsh or mean or lecturing or, I saw this in my mother. I saw how mean and punishing she was with my father. I mean, she had a lot to be mean and punishing about. <laughs> I'm not, neither one of them was a saint. <laughs> But I used to listen to the way that she would talk to him. And there was no room for him. Like if he did do something, there was no room to even discuss it or heal it. She came at him like a force of nature. Even if he did try to apologize, she couldn't hear it. I learned from them what not to do. <laughs> right, right. Our, our greatest teachers. Yeah, yeah. But when I think about accessibility, I think about creating a safe and loving space for two people to be human with mm -hmm. one another. Right. That is well put. That is beautifully put. Could you say that one more time? Uh, it's just creating a safe and loving space for two people to be human with each other. Perfect. You know, to bring their full selves, their full flawed, mm -hmm. you know, imperfect, but well-intentioned, you know, caring, loving selves into that relationship. And even on a first date, we have a client who I love so much. In fact, she is going to be my new oh. enrollment coach. Uh -huh. right. <laughs> and, and another woman that I'm thinking of right now who's in our mastermind mm -hmm. And both of these women are women who have been through horrible marriages. Well, well, not not my EC, not the woman who she actually had a loving relationship with her husband, but she admittedly, you know, said she could be very hard on men and all. And our other client who's in the mastermind went through a terrible marriage with a in a very, very, very difficult situation. And both of these women have decided to go on every date and enjoy themselves. Every date with love and caring and compassion and kindness in their hearts, no matter what happens. And they're loving the dating process. They're enjoying the men, whether or not it goes anywhere. In fact, the woman that's in our mastermind, she met a guy who was very clearly avoidant very, very clearly. And things were going well. And then I think he threw the, oh, I'm just looking kind of for a friends with benefits mm -hmm. situation. The way she handled that was brilliant, where she just, she said, you know, I feel disappointed that this is all that he was looking for with me. And he's a lovely man. I wish him the best. It was such a wonderful pleasure getting to know him. He has so many qualities I'm looking for in a man. You know, while she was sad because she really, really liked him, she was so loving in the way that she accepted the outcome. It was, it was incredible. Incredible to see someone not be angry or wounded or mean or talk down and say, well, how dare he and whatever. She was like, that's what he wants. That's not what I want. <laughs> and she let it go and she's out dating some more. But that's accessibility. That's a woman who's choosing to create that safe and loving space for a man to come into her world and be 
his full self and she can say yes or no, this is what I want, or this is not what I want. And I can only imagine what kind of partner she's going to attract and what that relationship with her is going to be like for that man, Mm -hmm. because she is so accessible. And men get these cues as early as the first few minutes of the first date, or even phone calls and texts. They get the cues. They're looking for those cues. Mm -hmm. They are on the alert for cues, both negative and positive. Yeah. I think most women do not realize how the most subtle things, a guy can pick up on those things and extrapolate and just say, "Uh -uh, Mm uh-uh, no chance in hell. See you later, lady. One harsh word or a look or whatever. Or, or, you know, I was really expecting your text this morning. Uh Uh-huh. And... You know, the guy thinks, oh my gosh, I'm obligated to, rather than doing things spontaneously and from the heart, I'm obligated to punch a time clock. Right. Like all the mornings he texted and that one morning he didn't text and she says, I was expecting your text this morning. And here he's been texting and texting and doing everything and thinking he was doing such a wonderful job of, you know, showing her what a great guy he is and that one slip up and she's angry and starting to spiral into insecurity and the guy feels punished or like he can't even miss a day. He's going to be taken to task for all the things he doesn't do instead of praised for all the things he does do. Right. Yeah. And that's it right there. That can be the end of things. (laughs) All right, honey, on that note, (laughs) this has been a lovely conversation. I so appreciate you doing this. Very accessible conversation. Yes, it has. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, we have one comment here, which I want to look at. Every book, article, video is always about what the man wants. Do what he likes, make him happy, compliment him, do what he wants, et cetera, et cetera. The woman is supposed to do all the work while the man sits back and enjoys. When will it ever be that the what the woman wants and needs? So Tracy, I'm going to tell you something. That attitude right there is going to be your undoing. That attitude right there, because that is, I'm going to tell you, first of all, you're a woman. And so if you're reading dating advice for women, you're going to read advice for women that is going to try to empower you so that you're not just sitting there on dates and giving all of your power away to men. When you take that attitude, what you're doing is you're giving, you're saying, oh, what about the men? I'll tell you the difference. I have a 20-year relationship with a man who will do anything in the world for me, anything, because I'll do anything in the world for him. Nobody is saying, do what the man wants and only do what the man wants, and the man gets to sit back and do nothing. No, that's not okay either. Two people have to meet in the middle, but... Benjamin brings his 100% and I bring my 100%. I don't sit there and look at, well, what's he doing? And is he doing enough? And what, you know, and calculating if I should be doing less and he should be doing more. We are two people who bring it 100% 
from both sides. You know, I'm not telling you, and Benjamin is not telling you, this man does, I mean, to me, he does way more for me than I could ever do for him. And what would you say, babe? Well, I would feel the same way. You know, I feel that you give 110%. But what the secret is, which shouldn't be a secret, is that men want to please women. And sometimes they just don't know what to do. Men love when women are responsive to something that they do for them, but they don't know what to do unless a woman tells them, you know, or just suggests what they want. You know, what, what really excites me is when a man opens the door for me and then to praise him. It's so nice to be able to download at the end of the day, just for a couple minutes, you know, a few minutes. And it just is such a pleasure for a man to to be with me, to sit with me during that time. You know, a man wants to know and they want to please and they love the responsiveness that, that they get when a woman is happy with what they, they're doing. And Tracy, you may be picking the wrong guys. To me, that is a sign of picking the wrong men if they aren't responsive or you need to look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. Like Benjamin just said, there's a way to suggest and say, you know what I love? I love a man who takes the lead. I love a man. If a man lets, you know, says pick the restaurant, you say, you know what? There's nothing I love more when a man picks the restaurant and plans a date for me. And some things I love, I love Chinese food. I love Mexican food. I love having a picnic. Any of those things would be great. Why don't you choose? And then put the power back in his hands. Some of these guys just may not know what you want. And so they may be trying to make you happy by letting you pick because they're afraid of failing or doing it wrong. So if you give them some suggestions, then you sit back after you've made those suggestions and see what they do and see if they plan but you may be choosing the wrong men and or it may have something to do with the way that you're saying things. If you want a man to take the lead, you have to let him. And then not only do you have to let him and empower him to do that, but then you have to praise him and tell him what a wonderful job he did when he does it. So he'll want to keep doing more of that. Benjamin and I had a party on Thursday night. And uh, I've been busy with work. I've had a lot on my mind. And I, you know, he said, well, do you want to look at the menu? Do you want to look at the flowers? Do you want to look at the setup? And I said, babe, I would love it if you would plan those things, if you would do it all. And he said, well, I know how particular you can be about things, you know, about the colors of the flowers or this or that. And I said, baby, I'm going to be happy no matter what you do. You know, I just want to show up. I want to be a guest. And this beautiful man here took care of everything, everything. And it was beautiful, everything about it. I mean, it was just magical. And in the past, I might have been very controlling and tried to do it all. But I have to say, it was actually more enjoyable to let go and just put it all in Benjamin's hands and trust him. And it was so much fun when everybody was at the party, ooing and eyeing over the food and how beautiful everything was. 
I, I felt so great because I would look at them and I would say, yeah. And then they were kind of say, thanking me. And I'm like, no, no, Benjamin, <laughs> thank him. He, I just showed up. <laughs> and that was so much fun for me. But if I had started criticizing what he did or I had started picking and saying, well, why did you do this this way? And why did you have that food and whatever? You know, he would be hesitant to want to do it again. So we empower each other and we work together as a team. It's absolutely not me catering to Benjamin or Benjamin catering to me. We cater to each other. And it's 100%, 100%, or 110%, 110%. So I don't know, you know, a lot of books and a lot of stuff. If you're looking for ways to have more power and agency and control over your dating, if you came to me, I would tell you all the things that you can do to be able to go on a date and be successful but that doesn't mean a guy isn't supposed to also meet you in the middle and show up and do his part as well. So, all right, that's that. That's Thank that. you for joining us. This has been Getting Inside the Right Now Mind. I'm Lisa Shield. I'm Benjamin Shield. You can rate and like this podcast. You can tell everyone you know. We are saying things in a different way than many other love coaches are, and therapists are saying it. We offer a 12-week course for finding the guardian of your soul. You can access that by going to lisashield.com. I have a brand new website that is coming out soon. It is Knockout. My goal was to make it the best in the biz, and I think I've accomplished my goal. Also, you can like my YouTube channel. That's important as well. And finally, if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like for us to talk about, please send those to podcast at lisashield.com. Finally, if you want to participate in our 12-week program that is life-changing and you are ready to get this solved now, you're done wishing and hoping and praying for the right guy and you just want to find the guardian of your soul please watch my presentation, Stay to the End, where you can sign up for a breakthrough call with a member of my team or me, and we will show you how we can help you get this solved. Thank you again, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.